Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, tell me if you've heard this name before. Hans Wies. Hans Wies. Hans Jörg Wies. I know it sounds like the bad guy from a Die Hard movie. Close. Uh, close. Yeah, I, I do believe that he is He is uh, public enemy number one here in Montana. I first heard this name, Hans Wies. It was probably from a Dave Skinner report. You know, Dave Skinner uh, has done some incredible writing for Range Magazine, investigative reporting, but... But uh, I first heard the name Hans Wies because he was one of the foreign billionaires funding the American Prairie Reserve, which is the radical left-wing outfit uh, working to kick Montana ranchers off of the land, Uh, one of these radical environmental group outfits. But Hans Wies is the guy funding all of these radical environmental outfits uh, here in Montana. A lot of these uh, Democrat dark money outfits, uh, the radical environmental programs on the University of Montana con- uh, campus have connections to Hans Wies. Uh, anyway, I did a story on our Montana Talks website a little over a week ago. The Swiss billionaire funding radical environmentalists in Montana. And it was about how Fox News did a big spread on Wies and the $60 billion he is injecting into left-wing groups and causes. But the Fox News report actually came from information compiled by a watchdog group known as the Americans for Public Trust. We've got their executive director, Caitlin Sutherland, with us here uh, for the first few minutes on Montana Talks. Caitlin, thanks for being with us. And yeah, maybe quickly before our first break here, who is Hans Wies from your perspective? Well, first, uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, Hans Jörg Wies is a reclusive Swiss billionaire that fundamentally wants to influence our elections, our politics, and policy. Uh, the catch he can't do so as a foreign national, but as he says, he has been pumping, you know, millions of dollars, about a half a billion dollars to influence American politics, yet he's a foreign national. Yeah, and I think, doesn't he live down in Wyoming right now or something like that? But, but yeah, I mean, this is another, everybody's heard the name George Soros, but Hans Wies uh, is, is a George Soros type who is heavily funding all these radical groups here in Montana. That's exactly right. And the reason why you may not have heard about him, despite the staggering amount of money that he's poured into Montana, despite living nearby in Wyoming, it's because it's all by design. He's actually even bragged that his name never appears connected to his efforts. Uh, But because of the work that so many folks have been doing, including us at Americans for Public Trust, you cannot say that anymore. We have been able to trace the dollar amount that he has poured into influence our politics and policy, and it must end. Very interesting. Well, we want to hear more. Caitlin Sutherland, the executive director for Americans for Public Trust, stand by. Uh, We'll chat in more depth right after this quick break right here on Montana Talks. All right. uh, Hey, you can message us on our Montana Talks app, and then we'll have open phones later in the hour as well. Serving the great state of Montana. 
From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clarkport River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man, I just took advantage of that break to chat with Caitlin Sutherland off air a little bit here. And, man, did she just share some very interesting information, especially Montana-specific information. Anyway, yeah, but but before we get to that, Caitlin Sutherland, you know, I was looking at this $60 billion with a B, $60 billion that this foreign billionaire named Hans Wies just injected into left-wing groups and causes here in America. So a Swiss billionaire spending all this money basically to interfere in uh, American politics, American elections, and and more. But as I understand it, $60 billion, this is chump change compared to how much money Wies actually spends, right? Well, so it's important to talk about that you're just talking about a single year. This is just what we know what he has spent the last year showering these liberal and left-wing groups, these radical environmental groups, all their little pet projects only represents a single year. Uh, but what we have been able to do is from the very beginning trace how much money his two foundations have pumped into our elections and politics. And as we were discussing, right here in Montana. Yeah. And, and I see it here in Montana. I mean, I, we know who these so-called green decoys are. They're these fake, they're these environmental groups that pretend to be outdoor groups or sportsman groups. But, and really what they're all, I mean, what they're all doing, whether it's like the League of Conservation Voters or backcountry hunters and anglers, I mean, pick the group. They're AstroTurf front groups for left-wing policies and left-wing politics. And there's this revolving door between political campaign staffers for a certain political party and the very organizations that are funded by Hans-Jörg Wies. That's absolutely right. Those two organizations that you just named have ironically received millions of dollars uh, from Hans-Jörg Wies. Um, So again, you don't have to try very hard to trace the path between a foreign national meddling in montana's interests it's extremely alarming and it should be stopped so i i remember f- first hearing hans Wies's name because he was the foreign uh, billionaire funding the american prairie reserve the apr which is trying to kick ranchers off the land here in montana big story here in montana for a number of years uh and then i saw he was he gave millions of dollars to hillary clinton and then he got it he got busted in some sexual harassment scandal but yet you know he was with her uh, and hillary clinton right yeah, so uh, his his personal history is almost as alarming as the fact that he is using his wealth to influence our politics. Uh, this is an individual who has made his billions off of a medical device company um, that actually some of the top executives uh, from the company went to jail because the product actually uh, allegedly killed individuals. Uh, so when you trace it all together, you also have to wonder, you know, how he made his money and then where that money is ending up. And what's important to note is that by his own words, he never wanted to become an American citizen. He has no interest in, you know, being an American. Yet you wonder why does he want to er- exert such an influence over every aspect of our life. As you said, he's funding, you know, interests right here in Montana. He's funding 
ballot issues across the country. He's funding these liberal groups that are now on air right now touting these pro-Biden messages ahead of the 2024 election. I noticed that uh, the spokeswoman for the Burger Action Fund, which is uh, how Vies doles out his money, is a former staffer to liberal Senator John Tester. So again, that highlights our point that this is a revolving door between the foreign billionaire anti-ranching uh, activist named Hans Wies funding uh, basically the community organizer activist revolving door between these left wing groups and and party staffers for, for people like John Tester. Um, it, you you mentioned how how Wies will brag about the fact that he 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 doesn't get attention despite all the dark money groups he's funding as a foreign billionaire. Uh, and and so off air, I asked you: is there, is there any documentation showing how he is how he is basically bribing so called news outlets with all of his money? Yeah. So these uh, funds many things, and one of the uh, groups that he gave actually the seed money to a uh, million dollars to a group called States Newsroom. Uh, folks may not have heard of States Newsroom, um, but they may have heard about the network of fake news websites that they run. Uh, one of which being the Daily Montanan, uh, which may be familiar to some of your listeners. Um, so it's just another example of foreign money going into, you know, these radical environmental causes, these radical issues, and propping up a network of these fake news websites. Yeah, and the Daily Montanan. Uh, isn't it interesting? These newspapers and some of these TV stations have had to let go or or have not been hiring uh, local news reporters to do their own reporting. So what do some of these TV stations and newspapers do now? They copy and paste content from an outfit like the Daily Montana, which is a radical left-wing blog funded by Hans Wies. Uh, the, the guy who runs the Daily Montana got let go from the Billings Gazette because he was too liberal for the Billings Gazette. And that's the guy running this Vies-funded so-called news outlets. And how many of these fake news outlets are now running his news as if it's news? It's so shameful. Uh, that's absolutely right. And and particularly, it's something uh, that the left will try to ignore. You know, you mentioned John Chester, uh, you know, and his colleagues are always railing about the evils of outside spending. Yet when it comes to this foreign billionaire who is seemingly a top donor to liberal and left causes, they're absolutely silent about taking action on removing his foreign money. Yeah, well said. Hold that thought for just a second. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we're packing in a lot of content here uh, as we take you statewide from Plentywood to Missoula here with Montana Talks. Big news, of course, big political news came out yesterday. Uh, Mitch McConnell is going to be stepping down. He's going to be retiring. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then, of course, the big Montana news, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale yesterday morning 
uh, is running for re-election in the U.S. Uh, House in that eastern Montana congressional district. So uh, certainly uh, want to get your reactions to that news and much more. Uh, 406-294-0970. Uh, and we also had a, a guy from Livingston, Montana, just drop into our studios here as well. So looking forward to chatting with him uh, here when we get into the open phones uh, portion of the show. Uh, let's see. Um, Caitlin Sutherland, executive director for the Americans for Public Trust. Um, I had the story about a week or so ago, the Swiss billionaire funding radical enviros in Montana. Check it out if you missed it. Uh, and then that should link you back uh, to the to the work and the research that uh, that Caitlin's organization is doing. But. You know, Caitlin, I think big picture, and I want to get some final thoughts from you, and then also let, let folks know how they can support your organization so that important research like this is is done. Um, but big picture from a Montana perspective, we've talked a lot about the Great Reset and kind of this globalist agenda. Really, you know, they're doing it in Europe. They're trying to kick the farmers and the ranchers off the land in Europe. They're doing the same thing here in America with the 30 by 30 initiative by funding outfits like the APR and, and radical environmental groups and regulations. To me, Hans Wies is the guy who is funding these great reset style efforts on the ground here in Montana. And that's why your, your reporting is so important. Yeah, so what's important is that a lot of this money that Honda Vies is pumping into the United States is under the guise of philanthropy. Uh, but don't let that fool you. Uh, his money is only and exclusively going to liberal and left-wing causes that he wants to fundamentally change the way Americans think and the way that the Americans live. And as you mentioned, that money trail, we've all laid it out. It's on our website uh, for anyone to take a look at, at americansforpublictrust.org. If folks have any uh, any questions about where else this money is going in Montana and across the United States. All right. Well, Caitlin, great to have you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You too. Uh, hey, phone lines are open, 406-294-0970. And, and hey, just like anybody can call into this show, it's it's so fun, too, when we have listeners that will pop into our studios. I remember one time we had, you know, a friend and a listener from Lewistown. Uh, they think he was... Uh, you know, dropping off cows or something, ah, or picking up some equipment. He said, oh, I'll pop into the studios. Joined us on the microphone. Well, uh, David, David out of Park County, Montana. Uh, David, is it DiLoretto? You got it. All De right. DiLoretto. Well, it's great to see you. I know I've been wanting to link up with you anyway. And so so you were out front uh, just before we kicked off the show. And I said, and, and I said well, why don't you come back? Just join us on the microphone. But um, so Livingston, Montana, Park County, Montana, what beautiful country, what great people, uh, the, especially the farmers and ranchers in the Paradise Valley. I mean, just incredible, right? Real Montana folks. But unfortunately, pre-COVID-19, a whole lot of other folks moved into the area, and they're not as supportive of agriculture, and they don't share a lot of the same values as the folks who've been in the, uh, you know, Livingston in the Paradise Valley. But you told me something that was encouraging. You you said we've got the opportunity to get it back, to take it back in Livingston, Montana. So it, that's where we kind of left off, and then I had to run back to the studio to get on the air. Well, we have a 100% chance of uh, taking it back, and I think um, that the folks 
in Park County are becoming increasingly aware of, of what's really knocking on their front door. And a lot of them don't like it, and, and they don't know where to turn. And there's so much misinformation out there. I'll tell you how I got started in this. Um, I got introduced to a group called It's My Land, which was an LLC started by uh, a lady uh, in Livingston. Uh, she works with the chamber. And she became uh, very concerned over land use issues that were coming up with regards to what's called the ETJ, the extraterrestrial um, zone there around Livingston. And it's kind of a three-mile loop from any point in the city. And <clears throat> that there was some, some talk about the ETJ being brought into the city and new rules and regulations and zoning and all these things. And since I live in the ETJ, I got interested and I thought I'd go to one of the meetings and I <clears throat> quickly realized that there was so much more to this that wasn't being communicated accurately. And it sort of dovetails right back to two ballot referendums that are coming up in the June election in Park County. And a petition got circulated. Enough signatures were gathered by a very, very nice woman who I think she was trying to do what she believed at the time. But there was more to the story, you know. Uh, and so uh, I got involved and um, convinced Leslie that, that we needed to get better information out there and take a stand as a citizen that these two ballot referendums, one of which is to basically void the growth policy of Park County. And the second would be that if that didn't pass and you couldn't void it, that any new growth policy, anything that would come behind it, would have to go to a full vote of the electorate. Um, all that can sort of sound good until you start digging into the, you know as well as I do, right? The devil's in the details. That's you know? right. And sometimes they don't want you to, to, to know about all the details because uh, they'll, they'll try to bury it in some committee meeting and quickly pass something through, uh, whether it's a county commission or a city council or whatever. And then, then when people find out what happened, they're like, whoa, big picture – there's been a lot of crazy stories, you know, uh, out of uh, Livingston and Park County. I mean, you had the little remember the little kid that got kicked off the yes. school bus because he wouldn't wear because it would not because he didn't have a mask on. And and they, they just kicked this little kid on the side of the road. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that I think there was disciplinary measures that took place. But then you had, you know, the uh, the the elementary um, school teacher or librarian that librarian was, yeah. that was pushing LGBTQ propaganda on little third graders and of course there was some discipline but it's just like but but the the really symbolic thing to me was back when they canceled the rodeo and i get it it was the covid 19 year and everything like that but it's like but other people were doing outdoor events like the rodeo but they forced the cancellation of a rodeo in park county back then and it's like and i remember you know ranchers calling in saying this is not park county montana that we have that we have lived in that we have grown up in it's been taken over because it's kind of like Tom Hanks. There's no crying in baseball. You don't cancel a rodeo. You don't in cancel Park a County. rodeo in Park County I mean, when it's an outdoor activity. I mean, and so that was very symbolic. To be like, man, how do we get Livingston and Park County back in America? Well, I'm going to tell you how we do it. And and you talk big picture, and you're right. It has moved so far left and so far progressive that we've we've got the tail wagging the dog at every possible corner. Here's how we get it back. There's a couple of very key races that are going to be unfolding here in Park County. Two 
commissioner seats are coming up. Uh, one in my district, District 1. Another, I believe, is in District 3 down there in the Paradise uh, Immigrant Area. And there are two excellent candidates, both of whom, and let me be clear, I'm, I'm backing these people and I support them because they support what Montana's all about. They support everything you and I just finished talking about that's, that's quickly going the wrong way. Uh, and that would be uh, Christina Nelson and Brian Wells. And more importantly, yeah, Brian's I'm, a good guy. Yeah, yeah, and more he's got that big cool beard. Too. He's got that big cool beard. <laughs> Brian's a good guy. He's a really good guy, and he's got a handle. He loves to engage with the people. He goes out of his way to meet everybody and talk to everybody. Christina is a is a tried and true, born and bred Livingston, you know, Montana native, and and she's just a great gal, super sharp, and they both believe in the things that I believe in and the folks that I'm in touch with believe in is that we want to take back county government. The county needs to come back and take their power back and stop abdicating a lot of these things to the city of Livingston, um, which has an entirely different agenda. And I keep being told that, uh, you know, there's just under 15,000 registered voters in Park County and, you know, 6,000 of them are in the city of Livingston and this and that and the other thing. I don't care about any of that. I think the real Montana, the real votes are absolutely there. And we just need to wake these people up and give them the right information. That's what we've done through It's My Land on this growth policy business. That's what I intend to do on these races coming up. And even more importantly, on a statewide level, we now have a chance to take back the District 58 a representative seat at the state level. Yeah, very interesting. Um, this was the seat held by Lori Bishop. That was held right? by Lori Bishop, yeah. and I don't think you and I need to go much further about that one. <laughs> no, However, enough said. Uh, but weren't you also telling me city council that, that you got some great candidates there? Or what a police uh, officer? Or, uh, uh, that's for the district fifty-eight seat. Oh, that's for the state fifty-eight seat. for the seat fifty-eight, and his name is Jason Gunderson. He is a Livingston police officer. Great guy. Uh, his father has been a state representative out in Libby for quite a long time, Steve Gunderson. Oh, Steve's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And and sure, uh, natural resources, if I it, exactly. If I yeah. And yeah. Uh, and Jason, uh, Jason's got it right. He uh, <clears throat> uh, once people meet Jason and get to know him and understand that he's all about common sense, right? All of us are about common sense. Uh, my whole campaign thing this year and my thing uh, and my, my my battle cry is, folks, we need to re get back to common sense we need to just got get back to good montana thinking and what works and what doesn't work that's right and and that's what i hope is any of these folks that are new relative newcomers that came pre-covid 19 and brought all their seattle politics with them their san francisco politics you see what's happening in San Francisco. You see what's happened in Seattle. You see what's happening in this country with the Lake and Riley's being murdered by illegal aliens. So maybe you held on to your political uh, party before, but now is a good time to finally move forward and 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 just uh, like the Blexit move it, leave it behind, and and just start. Let's let's embrace some common sense. David D. Loretto, great to see you. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. 
profitability in the ranching business was in the spotlight this week at the public auction yards in Billings as the Montana Stock Growers Association kicked off their statewide producer profitability initiative. Turk Stovall is the second vice president of the Montana Stock Growers. How this all came together was really a group of ranchers really started talking about a lot of the challenges that were going on uh, within the beef industry and just noticing our next generation is not coming in to replace us and how can we entice them to really want to produce and want to be take over these ranches and and really what came about to that is some resolutions came through the Montana Stock Growers Convention to really focus on producer profitability and a task force was put together and that task force really is focused on how can we look at different topics that we all face um, in in everyday life as far as all of us as farmers and ranchers and how can we improve those to make a bigger difference to really make producers profitable for the next generation. Now there is nine more producer profitability listening sessions all occurring at 5 p.m. at Livestock Market Statewide. The next will be Tuesday, March 5th at Headwaters Livestock in Three Forks, followed by March 11th at Dillon Livestock, March 18th at Lewistown Livestock. And for the complete schedule for the listening sessions, visit mtbeef.org. I'm Lane Nordland. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, uh, real quick before I get into the phone lines here, we got a caller on the phone lines, uh, Jesse, we'll get to you here in a second, Jesse in Ronan. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, great conversation there with David DiLoretto and, and David. Again, thanks for dropping into the studios here, but I was asking him, hey, if people want to reach out to you and work with you and you know, talk about everything that, that you're working on in Livingston and Park County uh, to take your community back. Um, he said there's that It's My Land organization. You know, reach out to that organization. Or here's his cell phone number if you've got a pen and paper. Uh, prepare to copy. 406-220-2467. 406-220-2467. And I'll message that to our producer, uh, Travis, as well, in case some of you missed it. And you're like, hey, what was that number he just said? And uh, if we get a message on our Montana Talks app or whatever, uh, then then uh, he's got it uh, handy, handy there as well. Uh, Jesse in Ronan, uh, great to hear from you. What's on your mind this morning? Well, um, I want to thank you for your service and all that you do to try to keep Montana in Montana hands. Well, you're too kind. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm from eastern Montana, uh, born and raised in Jordan, went to high school in Jordan, graduated there. And um, my husband and I went to high school together, and then he went into the Navy and was in submarines for 21 years, but... Wow. When we came home from him retiring, we went to eastern Montana to hunt because we're not allowed to hunt up here because we're on an Indian reservation. So, um, and we both like wild game and we both like to hunt. So, I'm just wondering, is all this land grab going to take away our hunting that's available over there? I have a niece in Winifred. Her name is Mary DeVoyce. Her husband is Clail, And they have been battling this APR at, you know, at their level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they can't even begin to compete with what's coming in, you know. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. got a ranch there. It's, I think it's, I want to say, almost a third generation, at least, ranch. I know Cleo's granddad and dad had the place. He's got the place now. And he had three daughters. And so I don't know if they'll come back and want to ranch there. I don't know. But they should have that ability and not have it taken away by some idiot that doesn't, uh, you know, well, look at all the land that, that uh, I mean, you got the APR trying to buy out the land. Yes. You got, you know, out-of-stater folks wanting to buy up the land. And then you got uh, Bill Gates buying up all this farmland. And then now there's a, there's another one. I just saw this uh, uh, at the dailycaller.com. Climate activist and liberal billionaire uh, Mark Benioff quietly gobbling up uh, rural land. Uh, now, that's out of Hawaii, mm-hmm. but that... But they are trying to buy up the land because it's part of the Great Reset. They don't want us here. They don't want us living the lives we live. And so they're so they're trying to boot us off the land. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious to everybody at this point. But you raise a really good question. Okay, so whether it's the APR or, or some of these other left-wing activists, uh, if they buy up the land, what does that mean for our hunting rights? Now, they'll tell you, they'll tell you oh, no, no, we'll let you go hunting. That's mm. not true because there's a ranch right next door to Cleo and Mary D. That this big rich guy, I think from California, I may be wrong, but some somewhere, he uh, bought up a bunch of the land, and there is a huge herd of elk on that land, and and um, the they come down, and I've seen uh, videos that Mary D. has made of these elk, and she filmed them for probably forty five minutes at least, just a steady stream of elk coming from that ranch onto their ranch. They come in and they eat, take, tear down their haystacks, they tear down fences, they ruin the fields. I mean, it's just unreal. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge, and 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 sometimes it's not even just a left right challenge, uh, right? Like, but yeah, but when it comes to the APR in particular, you you raise a really good question because remember how the left operates. They they operate with an incremental approach and an incremental strategy. They're yeah you know we're the we're the frogs in the pot of water. They're gonna, they're not going to throw us into boiling water or we'll jump out. So they want to slow cook us. They want to slowly heat up that pot. So they'll claim they support hunting, but oh, but we just don't want you trapping. Or we just don't want you wolf hunting, or we just don't want you coyote hunting, or we just don't want you hunting certain predators. Oh, but we support hunting. Again, they are they are incremental strategists. My criticism of our of our friends uh, in the conservative movement is sometimes we just like to throw hail mary passes and then and then the ball falls flat and we never get a touchdown because we don't we don't you know move the ball down the field ever. We just we're constantly throwing hail mary passes. The left. They're incremental. They do it little bits of, of pieces at a time. And so that that's where, where these guys are. They'll tell you they support hunting, but they really don't. I mean, they're the party of the animal rights activists. They're the party of the AP, you know, so, um, so, but, but they'll, they'll, they'll make you think that they support it. Uh, but, but their long-term goal is to, is to do away with it. Uh, they're anti-gun. You name it. Uh, Jesse, great phone call. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Uh, we do have another great guest now with us on the phone lines. Um, yeah, remember when everybody used to call in and complain about the line at the at the DMV? Man, I was trying to go to the DMV today. Holy cow, that line was so long. What the heck is going on there? How come there's we don't get those calls? Uh, <laughs> anymore really in fact 
how, how come you could actually show up at the DMV sometimes in Montana and there's no line at the DMV? Uh, we've got uh, the administrator, the head of the Motor Vehicle Division here for the state of Montana, uh, Lori Bakri on the phone lines. Lori, great to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to share the good news with your listeners. (laughs) Well, I saw this a while back. I think Attorney General Austin Knutson, he shared a photograph of an empty empty room in Helena. All these chairs were just sitting there empty. And he says, I'm at the DMV. And it was like, okay, pull your car over. Don't get in a wreck. There's no line at the DMV. What's going on? (laughs) And there hasn't been since November. It's, It's been a great, great change to the service that we provide citizens. And you know what? Government should provide premier customer service. Um, And really that's due to the attorney general. So, do you know the story about when he was running for office? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recall because I, I remember we talked with him briefly about it one time when he was here in the show. Um, I, I remember he said when he took office, how, he talked about how he, he went around and said hi to some of the folks that work in the various departments. And they looked at him like he was crazy. They're like, what are you doing here? We've never <laughs> had we've never had an attorney general stop by our office to see how we're doing or to, or to see what we have right. to say. Right. So when he was campaigning back in 2020, uh, he was campaigning and going around talking to Montanans and talking about law enforcement and crime. You know, that was that was his big passion because he was a prosecutor. Um, and everywhere he went, um, the people would say, yep, we got to have that. Yes, you're on the right track. But please, could you please fix MVD? And so <laughs> um, when he came into office, he, he, he gave us that mission. He said, I want you to fix MVD. It's a problem for people and you've got to get it fixed. And he invested the time, time and, um, you know, he went to the legislature and worked with them to get us funding so that we could get this new system. And that's really essentially what has made the significant change. Because when we first started, you know, we did training on customer service. We looked at operations and fine-tuned some of the procedures that we had. But essentially we had this horrible system, old system that has been around since 2005, I think, um, and then built on and built on, and our examiners could only see 12 to 15 customers a day. That's how slow it was. And so, you know, you were waiting three months for an appointment. And, um, and oftentimes, and that wasn't because of the people. It wasn't because the people that worked there. It was because of the antiquated, bureaucratic, old-school way of doing paperwork and procedures that they had, and then systems that were crashing, right? I mean, I think he was telling me how... That's- when he showed up to visit some of these staffers, they're like, oh, man, we have the worst software ever. I'll be in the middle of doing paperwork, and the whole thing crashes on me. And and meanwhile, like, the people are getting ticked while they're waiting, and it just had to be devastating for morale for the employees. Yes. Yes, it was it was difficult, you know. when And rightfully so. People are angry by the time they come to your, your station. Um, and so it was hard to, you know, keep the positive atmosphere alive because we have this system that just, shut us down. You know, it couldn't allow us to provide great service. So we have a new one. And yeah. the system um, has allowed us to bring transaction time less, on average less than seven minutes. So when you come into motor vehicles, uh, you're usually in and out in 10 minutes or less. Wow. And what would have been before? What would have been before? I mean, you may not even be in the room. Uh, you may It may take you 10 minutes just to get that little pull-down number. Uh, That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. So typically the average is 22 to 27 minutes before, and now we're under seven. Wow. Hold that thought. Uh, we've got the administrator for the Motor Vehicles Division here in Montana on the phone lines with us right now, uh, Lori Bakri. A quick break, shortest break of the hour, and then we'll, then we'll talk more after this. Yeah, apparently online transactions have skyrocketed by 750% since this became available. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, here's another big one to get to. How many of you out there, have you ever had to get a replacement title for your vehicle? Have you ever had to get a replacement one? Like, let's say you, you want to sell a car or whatever, or, you know, your kid gets into a little fender bender, you know, and now you're like, oh, shoot, where's the title for that vehicle? Ah, I got to get a new one. Have you ever gone through that process and how much time that can take? I know I've heard from even some of the folks like in the automobile industry and they're like, oh, man, replacement titles. Like, can't we modernize this system? Oh, well, you just stand by because uh, we'll have more info on that here in just a second. Yeah. So our friend Michael Foth uh, did a report for our Montana Talks website here faster service at the uh, at the Montana MVD online transactions have skyrocketed by 750% appointment times have been cut by 68% uh and as as Lori uh, uh Lori's uh, telling us here uh Lori Bakker the administrator for the motor vehicle division you can now get an appointment same day i also you know i want to give credit not only to the attorney general's office and the doj for implementing these new systems and these new softwares but i think we've also seen private sector alternatives like mvd express help make a uh, you know provide an additional service as well so everything frankly uh, helps on uh, everything can help on that standpoint as well but uh, yeah Lori, um you were telling me during the break that uh hey get ready for the next rollout uh coming <laughs> soon dealing with uh replacement titles yeah I, it's amazing to me how much stuff you, you still had to go to a website print out a piece of paper mail the piece of paper in just to sit on somebody's desk so they can look at it it's like can't we automate this portion of it i mean there's plenty of work for all of these state employees to do we're not going to be eliminating jobs if we just streamline the process here that's correct. And the good news is rollout three, which is St. Patrick's Day 2025, so about a month away, or not a month, a year away, um, we will roll out um, the vehicle services portion, which is titles and registrations, uh, dealer services, salvages, and all the county operations will be affected. So all of those people are going to get new services as well as online. So for those replacement titles that you're talking about, you can go online, put in your information. Uh, it will process it immediately, and it will be shipped to you immediately. So you don't even have to come in. So like on New Year's Day this year, we were closed. It was a Monday, but we were closed. But we had 77 people get replacement licenses or renew their licenses online. And then it's mailed to them within, within a week. Yeah. And – Sometimes, am, am I correct that, you know, those of us that operate in the in the private sector, like we would just assume like, okay, hey, if 
if you if you need to automate some of these systems, well, just just do it, just make it happen. But but apparently, like some of this stuff, it's not just as simple as okay, now we've identified how to fix the problem. Now we're just going to fix it. Um, apparently, there's there's still state regulations where you you actually have to go to the legislature sometimes and actually change the law in out in order to allow some some uh, updates to the the procedures. Am I correct in in that? That is, yep, that is correct. So, you know, as we're designing the program now and as we do with drivers, we find things in statutes that kind of hinder us from providing best service, so providing online services or um, extending how long a license is due. Or, um, for example, with vehicles, we found out that by law, the TRPs, when you buy a car, you get that temporary registration plate, have to be in plastic bags. Well, there are a lot more opportunities to get something that's easier and more uh, cost-effective, but we have to go to the legislature. And they have been great partners with us as far as helping us provide um, better services. So they not only secured our funding, but they help us with um, legislation to do that. Yeah, well, and that's where I, you know, I've been appreciative of Governor Gianforte's red tape relief initiative to try to do away with more and more of this red tape, so that when you know a, a fine state employee has a, a good idea, it can be implemented instead of well, we got to wait for the next legislative session, and then we got to do this, and then we got to do that. Like, like, let's allow for common sense to get implemented a, a little bit faster. Lori Bakri, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us here this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Um, we've got just a little, uh, just uh, less than a couple of minutes to go here in this show. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, very big, very big news over the past twenty-four hours. Uh, yesterday morning, after the show, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale uh, made it official. He is running for reelection in the Eastern Congressional District. So that was big news that came out yesterday. Not only that, but Senator Steve Daines says he is supporting uh, Congressman Rosendale's decision to run for re-election. Uh, and on top of that, in his announcement, Congressman Rosendale says he is fully supporting Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy in his race against uh, liberal Senator John Tester. Uh, and then and, and Sheehy, likewise, uh, is supporting Rosendale. And b- basically, they're both saying, look, we have got to unite to take the fight and and, and take back this country. Uh, so that's the big message. I've got the full story on our Montana Talks website. Uh, in that same report, I also included... Um, Uh, The fact that Mitch McConnell announced that he's going to be stepping down as uh, Republican leader in the Senate later this year. You guys might have heard me mention this, but remember when I mentioned a while back about how Senator Steve Daines, as chairman of the NRSC, is moving the Senate GOP in a more conservative direction, is moving them in a more pro-Trump direction? Remember how I also speculated that he could be the first Montanan since Mike Mansfield to be the next Senate Majority Leader. It could happen, right? There you go.